0: How do you go from being a producer in the studio to being a playback tech on the road working with artists like Shawn Mendes, Dua Lipa, M83? You're gonna hear exactly the path that my friend Martin Roberts took to do just that. Plus, you'll hear the one tool that he says he doesn't think he could do a playback gig without. (laughs) Hey everyone, welcome back to Behind the Spacebar if this is your first time here. I'm so glad you're here. This is a show for people that are running tracks on stage, using Ableton Live on stage to perform, or one day hoping to do that. Uh, this is one of my favorite types of shows to record, which is a interview show. Uh, and today I'm talking to Martin Roberts, and um, Martin and I uh, connected over Instagram. You'll hear a bit of the story of how that happened. But he basically reached out to me to encourage me we kind of started a conversation. I said, Martin, I'd love for people to hear your story and get to know you. And so he was very generous with this time to join me here on the podcast. But what I love about this particular conversation with Martin that you'll pick up is you'll hear his journey from being a producer to playing keys on stage with a band when he felt like he wasn't ready to do that to becoming a playback tech, working with artists. Like I mentioned in the intro, like Shawn Mendes, uh, Dua Lipa, uh, M83, uh, and now he's currently on the road uh, as keys tech for Depeche Mode. Uh, He's incredibly, incredibly talented. He knows tech, Uh, he knows uh, how to set up a connected stage experience. We talk about eye connectivity gear, plus, you're going to hear, like I mentioned and teased in the intro, um, the one the one utility that he says he doesn't think he could do a playback gig without. Uh, plus, you'll hear how he transitioned from session view to range of view and exactly why he did that. So this was such a fun conversation. Uh, before we get into that conversation, I just want to ask if you're watching on YouTube, consider hitting the subscribe button, enabling the bell icon so you don't miss out on great interviews like this or tutorials that we post every single week. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, uh, then please give, give us a rating, a review, leave a comment. Um, And please, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, leave a comment about what stuck out to you, what you really enjoyed about today's episode. Uh, Respond in real time as if you were a part of the conversation with Martin and I. Uh, Without any further ado, let's dive into my conversation with Martin Roberts. Uh, Martin, thanks so much for joining me.
1: No problem, man. Thank you you for having me. Yeah,
0: this is going to be super fun. So before (laughs) we start, uh, there's a question I ask everyone. And then, then we'll kind of get to like the fun stuff. But um, I, I, I try to start off the interview nice and light, very easy question. So if you had to attribute your success, your, your career, uh, where you are kind of in this station of life, as far as music, playback tech and stuff goes to, to one thing. And I always try to say like, what's your unfair advantage? What's something that you feel like you just comes naturally to you that other people struggle with? If you had to pick one thing, what would that one thing be?
1: That's what I heard. The first question, man. That's right. Um, <laughs> that's right. Gosh, um, it's really hard to say, honestly. Uh, certainly, <laughs> a short notice like that. But um, honestly, I think the, the the most important and most sort of um, yeah, yeah, the most important thing in my career has been the connections I've made over like over the time, and mm. certainly when I started out, you know, it was it was very much through knowing the right person at the right time. Yeah. And really just like being very diligent with my work and what I did hmm. and, you know, making sure that, you know, that person could then recommend me onto someone else and go, kind of go from there. And, and really that's how my career is built is that, it, you know, it's, it starts small and then you get recommended, you get recommended yeah. and hopefully you get recommended. But I, I think that's really the the most important thing for me is the people I've met like throughout the time and, the, and those relationships have lasted you know like yeah. I'm, I'm still in touch with all the people that I've worked with previously so you know I, I think the easy answer to, to that question is relationship is mm. the most important thing in my career I think that's, that's fair to say that's
0: really good the word that comes to mind uh, and we this is this is a fun time to do a podcast is we've actually never talked Face to face, we've never talked virtually like this, just over Instagram. Mm -hmm. But I love like this is part of the joy I have in doing this podcast is getting to know people, getting to hear their stories. But uh, a word that came to mind for me is connector. And 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 obviously, I'm asking, I'm talking to you about your success. But I uh, I wonder if you see in yourself a trait of also reciprocating what's been given to you. Of like, are you? Do you also have the skill of connecting? other people to other gigs like if something comes up that you can't do like is that something that you also
1: see yourself doing yeah for sure and you know certainly whenever i can i'll always try and get people involved you know i mean that's kind of why i first reached out to you you know it was it was because i wanted to say you know thank you for you know putting all this information out there for people that you know were were starting out in the industry or didn't know what tracks were what stems were what you know all of that stuff like that's why i reached out because i thought you know what this is this is really good stuff for, for, for people coming into this industry and i just wanted to sort of thank you for doing that because there's not enough of that at the moment and it, you know it, it is starting to you know bring, bring 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 that young talent in but that's very much where i'm at now is that i really want to just see more more people succeed and bring as many people in as i can you know yeah I love that.
0: Well, and thank you for reaching out too. Um, I, I was going back through um, uh, DMs, and maybe maybe once or twice a month, it depends on I guess how the the stars align or something. That uh, I'll get people that just randomly unsolicited unsolicitedly, if that if I could say that, uh, <laughs> will reach out and just say, "Hey, thanks for your content." Um, you know, which it always means a lot to me. So thank you for saying that. And, um, you know, and that's obviously what led to us chatting. Cause it's like, yeah. you know, I, I want to get to hear more of your story and what you're doing. So let's, let's, um, there, I'm going to make a note as you start to talk, I'm going to listen, but there's something I want to circle back to <laughs> that we said earlier. We'll get to in, in a moment, but, um, let's, let's kind of, now that we've got the tough one out of the way, <laughs> let's just start with a, just a brief introduction tell everyone who you are, what you do, maybe some artists you've worked with. And then I want to unpack your kind of your, your, your path to get there, if you will.
1: Cool, yeah, for sure. Uh, so my name's Martin Roberts, as we probably know by now. Um, I'm, a, I'm a musician, music director, playback engineer, and anything that falls within those things, you know? <laughs> like a uh, cool. man of uh, many trades and master of none. Um, over the years, I've uh, worked... I mean, my, my sort of main gig for the past, I'd say, maybe five years has been Shawn Mendes. Mm. Uh, it's been a really fun gig for me. Uh, previous to that, I was with Dua Lipa um m83 for a while um i've been doing editors been doing some work with them uh wolf alice the, the list the list couldn't go on you know I've been, I've been around for probably 10 years or so now so that's awesome you know the list of names grows grows every day but um yeah they're probably the sort of main ones that have been the sort of big ones of my career career so far i'd say that's awesome
0: and you mentioned music director in there so i always want to um let's kind of I heard a guy use this term, and I was like, "Oh, I kind of like that." He said, "Let's double click <laughs> on that." So I want to double click on that for a second. Sure. Um, so, uh, are are you a uh, musician by trade? Are, is there one instrument you specialize in, or what's kind of your musical side of that, if if, if you will?
1: Well, so like piano keys is what I've have, is, is what I've always played. You know, I started okay. learning piano when I was, um, I guess I was about twelve, maybe.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, and really, you know, I was, I've been sort of dipping in and out of that over the years and then sort of led into production. I'm I'm, I'm probably going into a bit too much detail for this question right now. No, this is great. This is great. Yeah. Um, you know, the sort of playing keyboard then led to production and songwriting and whatever. And like, essentially that led me to like, like my first ever gig was playing keys for a German band called Schiller. Okay. Um, which was, which was, which was an amazing gig for me, um. And it was a gig that at the time, I, I really didn't think I was ready for it, (laughs) you know, like it was kind of came at a time in my life where I hadn't really played keys properly for a long time. Hmm. So I was really doubting myself and like, can I actually do this? Like it was, it was to the point where I almost didn't take the gig because I didn't think I could do it. Uh, but with, you know, persuasion from everyone around me, um, I took it and it was the best thing I could have ever done. But, um, yeah, that's kind of the progression into the, that sort of music, the musician side. You know, 2013 is when I started doing this professionally. But, you know, for years, decades before that, I was writing and remixing and uh, doing all the studio stuff. Okay. And really the, the sort of music director side of it, um, you know, for me, it's it kind of, I guess, similar for you as well someone that you know does does music direction and does playback and whatever, you kind of you kind of like you got that balance of being a tech and being a musician and being whatever, yeah. you know? Absolutely. So it kind of comes and goes. Um but like for me the music director side of it that's the part I enjoy the most. Because hmm. it's kind of that like that cross between the studio in the stage not to not to uh, quote your title that, too much but uh, yeah, they make, a, you know, make it, a
0: great company name i like that that's yeah great. exactly
1: like um, yeah you know it, it's kind of that that bridge between the studio and the stage that i really enjoy and like getting the details and like, like really putting in the work to make everything sound as good as you can possibly get it yeah i think that's um,
0: let's let's pause just for a moment because um I think most people that listen to the podcast, most people that follow my my content are coming at it from like, I want to learn to use tracks on stage. I want to use Ableton Live on stage. But what I'm realizing is there's more and more folks listening that go, oh, uh, how to do this in Ableton, find some tutorial I have. And then they suddenly, they're kind of like awakened to the idea of what tracks are. Uh, they're awakened to the idea of, oh, there's a playback tech. And and sometimes they like that and sometimes they don't. But um, I, I know for a fact there are people listening to this that have never stepped on stage and performed. Um, they are not playback techs, but they are, let's call them studio people, right? They're studio mm-hmm. cats, you know, let's call them cats because that's a fun <laughs> hip word to use, uh, as is the word hip. But um, just for a moment, because you said your experience is like producing and creating and you enjoy how music direction is the bridge to the live thing. um, Talk a little bit more about that, if you can, or give some encouragement to people that are listening to this that are like, I'm a producer, I'm I'm a studio person, I can create music really quickly, but I wonder if there's something I could do live. What what does that look like? What's some encouragement you can give to those
1: folks? I think um, one thing that I really take with me everywhere I go is that sort of that studio Mentality and like uh, discipline, I guess, is is mm. the right word. You know, having having done it for you you're sort of part time, certainly for most of my adult life. You know, you you like you really get into those details, and you really, you know, you kind of see a song as a totally different thing to a lot of people. I think, yeah. you know, whether whether it's your own song or whether it's someone else's, like I think producers and engineers and whatever have very specific ears that listen for different things, you know? Hmm. And I think that's a really, it's a really good thing to have, certainly in the live environment, because there's, there's so much that can go into a live show. Yeah. And you really have to be certainly now, I think you have to really be pretty like specific as to what you want to take from a studio session and what's going to be played live and what's going to be, on track and what you're actually going to leave out, you know, like mm. maybe less is more, maybe more is more, who knows. But you know, that that's all very specific to the artists you're working with, I think. But I think certainly for me, I never, yeah. <laughs> I never really saw myself as a musician until mm. I was one, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, that's good. Uh, like, I was always a studio guy and I could play keys, but like, I was never a musician. I was just a guy that could sit in a studio and play and kind of, you know, I could pick up a guitar and I could play a guitar, but I was never a guitarist, you know, whatever. Um, And it's only really through jumping into that role that I can can now sort of call myself a musician or I can call myself a a keys player or a guitarist or a bass player, whatever, you know? and. I think that really only comes from experience and from wanting that experience. Um, and I think certainly for me, like like music direction is or was a really nice way to step into that. If that makes sense, it does kind of come from that, that studio world into live world. And like, it's kind of the same role really Yeah, sort of bare bones of it is the same role. Um, Certainly, part of it, and as I say, it's that discipline taking taking that discipline you have in the studio and adapting it to um, to a live environment is, I think, really key. Yeah,
0: I, it's interesting because I, I think when you you said you know it's it's like it's the same role, and I think that's such a great way to put it. And for people that <clears throat> that have not stepped on stage that have not served as a music director. I mean, it does feel like there's so many skills that it's just a perfect tie-in. Like, you're, you're used to staring at a timeline. You know, yeah. you're, you're used to... Um, I, I've always felt like I kind of have a producer's mindset, and I've produced a few records, and, um, but not, you know, anything that's going to get a Grammy. Uh, but, like, I have produced music and worked with a lot of different artists. Um, and the thing I've always loved about producing is it's less about, ooh, let's get this really cool guitar lick, and it's more about, like, we have this song and what serves the song and the ability to like see the whole picture, but then at the same time, be able to, to use that term user earlier, double click in and zoom in and go, Oh, well yeah. this, this one keys part, having it play here and not play there adds thematically to making the course really feel massive or whatever. And, um, and I think you said that really well. If, if you have that skill as a producer um, uh, you know, you can very easily translate that to live because they're, that's, I mean, there's a lot of translation there, but then, like you said, and I want to talk just a little bit more about this, that whole aspect of an artist does a, a, a an album, they record a song, they go to do that live, there is that question of, and I'm glad you brought this up because I actually have a note card that says what's in the tracks as like a potential Behind the Spacebar episode to do, because there does have to be that conversation of what do we take from the record, what do we lose, what do we keep, what do we bring to live? Um, can you talk just for a moment, and obviously you listed multiple different artists, so not necessarily tied into one specific one, but of the artists you've worked with in the past five years or so, five to ten years, what has the process been um, and how have you been involved in going, okay, you have this album you just finished up, we're about to take it on the road, how do you decide what from that album makes it to the road, what parts are kept, what parts are, are thrown away, what parts are played live?
1: Yeah, so for me, I think it really differs and it depends on what artist you're working with, you know, because uh, one artist might love tracks, another one might not like it, but but needs it, but, you know, whatever, you know, there's really that fine line of you've got to walk and that conversation you've got to have. Um, I'll give you an example. Um, I started working with a guy called Bo back in 2020, I guess. Okay. Uh, sort of mid-lockdown. He's, he's a sort of singer-songwriter from uh, the UK, like nicest guy in the world. And he's got a really cool sound that honestly I, I don't think I'd have latched on to unless I was working on it, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's not uh-huh. something that would have come on my radar unless I was working on it. Okay. But I really love working on it. And um, what's been really fun with him is – because I've been with him since the start, since his first live show – um, you know, sort of seeing him grow and seeing him come out of his shell and what he wants, be, being vocal about what he wants to be on track and what he wants to play live and whatever. And, like, that was really much a very, like, one-on-one conversation of, okay, so you're going to play this on this song. What do you want on track? What do you not? And it was, it was a very collaborative experience, which was really nice because um, not only it sort of took the took the weight off me a little bit but it kind of made sure that he was comfortable with it as well you mm-hmm. know it wasn't that I was just going to send him a session and he had to use that session and be be happy with it it was yeah. very much a like okay here's here's what I've done do you like this do you like that I've mm-hmm. done this transition I've done you know we're looping this part we're doing that we're going to have you play this and then whatever and then you know he'd come back and say oh well maybe let's do this and do that and it was very much a collaborative thing which i really like and it's becoming more of that as 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 time goes on um but yeah for him you know it's i don't think it's any secret that he that he runs track it's you know it's it's very prominent i'd say it's only a three-piece band it's him playing guitar and singing uh he's got a bass player and, and and a drummer so then the rest of it is all on track which you know, it's, it's it's quite sort of synth-heavy stuff. Um, there's a lot going on, and like I'd say, in the sort of original uh, iteration of it, the bass player was also playing keys. So okay. we kind of we kind of had that sort of line where she you know she'd hop on the bass for for a bit, and then she'd go over to the keys. Eventually, through various problems and whatever, we decided, you know what, this isn't working. So just stick to bass. Um, so now all of the keys are on track, which... Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, which, you know, in in my mind, it's not something I would typically do. Yeah. Um, because for me, it's... Uh, I don't know about you, but, like, when I go and see a band, if I'm not working on it, when I go and see a band, I'm constantly thinking, oh, what's on track? <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's like... That's right. That's right. <laughs> and it's... Uh, it annoys my wife, no end, I'm, I'm sure. But um it's uh <clears throat> so for me, like having it having all these keys on track is like a, oh, it's a bit strange. Like it's not something I would have chosen myself. But yeah. because he's also been so involved, you know, it's it's kind of his baby as well. So it's really this like collaborative project we're kind of working on, which
0: is which is really nice. That's cool. I love the word collaboration because I think um uh, you know it, it's always kind of uh, or not always but often with playback it's like are you banned are you tech and if you're tech yeah. it's like keep your mouth shut just press play that's it and if you're banned then like maybe you can be a little more expressive and throw ideas out but just that idea of collaboration and 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 i think tracks kind of serve two purposes it's it's to make the people on stage feel comfortable which sometimes is is you know different uh cues or slate tracks in different parts of the song um you know, it's adding bits in to make it a little more easy to play live or to play every single night, you know, when you're on a three month run kind of deal. Um, And then there's also the, what happened in the studio and replicating that live aspect, which is maybe more for the audience than the band, but to be involved in that collaborative process, that sounds, that sounds like that would be a really fun thing to, to do.
1: Yeah, it was. And I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's it's an ongoing thing, as I say. So it's uh yeah, it's it's a really fun project to do because, as I say, it's the sort of he's the sort of artist that, that I wouldn't necessarily come across unless I was working on it, unless it was put in front of me. Yeah, and so and so so to work on it in in such a sort of uh, I guess double click kind of way mm. is um, it's nice because it you know it's 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 a different style style of music than I'm used to, but it allows me to bring what I know from all the other different styles of music that, that I do and listen to and whatever, and kind of bring that into what he does and for and for me to learn from what he does as well. You know, it's, it's kind of really nice. That's really cool.
0: Can we, um, I want to dive uh, a little more into like some specifics of playback stuff with you. So one, um, uh, what does, when you're doing playback, you know, uh, on stage or, or let me rephrase that, when you're doing playback with an artist, Are you typically on stage with them? Are you side of stage? Maybe paint a picture for people that um, are running tracks with a band and they've never been a playback tech or they're unfamiliar with what a playback tech is. Like kind of where are you during the show and what does communication with the artist or the music director look like during a show for you as a playback
1: tech? So, yeah, I mean, again, I kind of, uh, I think I, I, I've straddled a couple of different roles on lots of my gigs because, <laughs> uh, just, just because of what I do, you know, yeah. but, um, as a, as a specific playback tech, you know, I'm, I'm off stage, usually stage left where sort of mon- where monitor world is. Um, and, you know, I'm just kind of hidden away, uh, behind a couple of laptops and a couple of racks and, you know, I'm just there to, to make sure the show runs smoothly. Uh, yeah. You know, that's from, you know, loading in to loading out and everything in between, uh, mm. but obviously ma- but mainly the show and making sure that, you know, you start the intro at the right place, you start the next song at the right place, and you're kind of giving everyone the right amount of time to do what they need to do before, mm. you, before you're before sort of jumping too far ahead, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and, yeah, just kind of doing, doing everything that's, you know, sort of track side, you know, running... Running all the stems, uh, doing all doing the edits that maybe the music director needs me to do, um, and then you know that can also <clears throat> sort of jump out into other roles, which you know like preparing like sampled stuff from the stems, so the, so the keyboard player can play this stuff, you know, and they're playing a sample of or whatever from the stems as opposed to recreating it or finding a totally different sound or it's, you know, sound design and, uh, actually recreating that sound on this Mm. keyboard or that synth or whatever. So there's a lot of different, you know, layers to it, I think. And it really depends who I'm working with, what the gig is. Um, and you know, actually what's happening because a lot of people just have playback that's, you know, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, <clears throat> Whereas, and I'm seeing it a lot more now, there's a, there's other people that use it in a totally different way and it's almost an instrument, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're, you're live looping, you're, uh, you know, you've got lyrics happening on stage now. You've got, as I say, you know, there's the whole sampling stuff from the, from the stems or recreating the stuff like that. It, it's all, I, for me, it's all part of that role. Yeah. And you know, one day I could be just pressing play. The next day I could be building out a whole main stage rig and, you know, who knows. <laughs> but it's yeah. but there's kind of all these layers to it, I think. That's really good.
0: How do you, I, as you were talking about that, I was just thinking, I, I think part of what I've always enjoyed about playback and, and everything kind of related to it is the fact that it's always new. It's always moving constantly. Um, I mean, as we record this, I'm looking at a piece of gear that's unreleased, that has not been announced, that will be absolutely game-changing in the playback world. Um, I just did a video for a a piece of software that is released now, uh, Lyrics by Strange Electronic, uh, Mm -hmm. that is absolutely game-changing. Two weeks before that I did a video for Ableset, the brand new version of Ableset 2, which is absolutely game-changing. But um, I love that stuff constantly is changing and you have to be on your toes and it's not a sit back, arms crossed, this is how we've done it for years, kid, leave me alone. How do you personally keep up with like the new stuff that's coming? And then when you're in a situation where um, you know, maybe because of your studio experience, you know how to pull something from a, a stem, turn it into a sample, load it into a, a sampler in Ableton or a- a- in Mainstage, stage, or whatever, and have the keys player play that. But if you're on the road, if you're getting ready to work with an artist and someone says, Martin, I, I-, I really would like to blank. And you're going, I have no idea how the hell to do this. What, what's like in your mind, what are the steps you take to figure that out and then to make that happen? That's a great question.
1: Um, so like, I guess one thing you should know about me is that I love to be busy. Mm. <laughs> uh, I love to be, you know, challenged. I love to be creative. I love to be able to be all those things. Mm. And when I'm not, that's when I probably do my best work is that, you know, I've I really dig deep into stuff that I have no idea about. And I, and I, 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 guess I try and preempt those things of, Oh, can, can you do this? And I'm like, oh, no, I can't, you know, so I, I kind of try and preempt that and I try and learn these things before it's too late. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm in that situation. That's great. Um, but you know what, like I'll take you right back to the beginning. My, my first ever gig as a tech, <clears throat> uh, would have been, I guess 2014. Okay. Um, uh, so this was after the tour I'd done with Schiller where I was playing. Uh, and, you know, it was just, it's just a gig that I that I took. Someone sort of reached out that I'd been in touch with previously. He needed a depth, And then, you know, like, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Like, at that point, I don't think I'd even touched Ableton. Hmm. Like, aside from doing some, like, DJ stuff with it years before, you know, like, I hadn't even touched Ableton at all. And I walk into this gig and, like, it was Ableton, obviously, mm. and I had no idea. Like I really, I just had to really, like, just kind of fake it until I made it. Like, and you know, it's not something I'm proud to say. You know, like I, and it's not something I do now, luckily. But mm. honestly, I think that's kind of where uh, where some good stuff can happen is yeah. when you're thrown into a situation where you don't quite know what you're doing. And you've got to learn it on the spot, and you've got to just do it. You know, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think early on, certainly, that was that's how I learned a lot of what I know about about, about Ableton now. Um, whereas now, as I say, I'm kind of preempting these 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 things and like doing the work beforehand. Uh, yeah. I kind of first came across AbleSet during lockdown in like 2020. Oh, cool. Uh, so I guess similar to you. Um, I'd always used Session View. You know, mm. it's just how I'd learned it, really, because I was doing these shows that use Session View. Mm. <clears throat> and um, the, the sort of... So the 2019 Phil Mendes tour we did, that, that was all in Session View. And I spent the entire time, you know, running these songs in Session View, but then we'd go into, like, soundcheck the next day and we'd change part of the song, and then I had to bounce it all out again, put it Mm. back into the session view. And it was just so tedious, you know, like, and it really, it really got to me. (laughs) So like, like we, like we did it a lot. It was like every other day there was a change or, and you know, that's, that's part of it. You know, it's not, it's not me complaining about it, but it was, you know, it's part of the gig. Um, but you know, part of that, you know, back and forth between arrangement and session view was really killing me because... Not killing me, it's like it's the hardest thing in the world, but it's you know, it's like that, that, that sort of wasted time you're sort of sitting there and yeah. doing these things where you could be doing something else or you've got other things to do, anyway. So, you know, 2020 came along, lockdown happened, and I'm as I say, I love to be busy. So, so 2020 for me was like, wow, this is this is hard, you know, <laughs> like sat there twiddling my thumbs. So, what do I do? Yeah, exactly. And, um, so, I sort of took it upon myself to you know, take that 2019 show that we did. And I was like, right, I'm going to put this into session view and I'm going to, sorry, into Arrangement View. And I'm going to see if I can make this work because Mm. I don't want to have to keep doing those edits every day and put them back in the session. Anyway, so so I did that. And obviously there was things I couldn't do. There was things, you know, we had some looping going on. We had some uh, follow-action stuff going on. Mm. So there's stuff I couldn't do within within Arrangement View, which is when I discovered Ableset and like I I, I just I fell in love with it straight away and uh, you know I'm good friends with Leo now and you know I've been sort of beta testing a lot of his stuff over the past Mm -hmm. couple of years and you know it's through it's through the want to be better that I discover these things or you know the want to be better or the want to make things easier or the want to save time or whatever you know it's yeah, it's this for me. It's like a hunger of wanting to be busy and wanting to do stuff, but it leads you to somewhere that I think is quite it's quite nice that you're kind of prepared for these things, where you're not in that situation where someone says, "Can you do this?" and you're like, yeah. Yeah, "Probably not."
0: <laughs> that's um, gosh, I, I I wish we could go back and like replay that and just play that three times over, and that's the rest of the podcast. Because um, I mean, one, you. You just perfectly laid out what I try in every video I do to to explain to people. Um, you know, and I'm not a session view hater. There's a lot of fantastic uses for session view. If you're doing live looping on stage, you should highly consider it. If you're using Ableton just for keys, you should highly consider it. If you're di- you know demoing songs as a songwriter, you should highly consider it. But if you're running tracks and you are working with an artist uh, who the only thing. Um, the only thing that artists never change their mind on is the fact that they're going to change their mind. And that's why to me, Arrangement View is like the perfect solution for this quick exactly. edits. It's right there. Um, so I love that. I mean, again, everyone go back, hit, hit back on the podcast player, <laughs> skip back on YouTube, and listen to that. Um, you, you threw out Ableset, which again, Leo is, is a freaking genius. Like when yeah. he sent me Ableset <clears> too, <throat> to, I, I kind of, it took a couple days and I like casually looked at it and then I opened it and I was like, I literally emailed him back and I said, dude, you are a genius. This is yeah. unbelievable. It's <coughs> only getting better and better. But uh, you mentioned Ableset is a, a really incredible tool. What are, I mean, if you had to give us, uh, you know, either your normal gear list stuff you use or gear that's just like pleasant to work with, that you, every time you plug this interface in, this MIDI controller, this plugin, whatever it
1: is that you're like,
0: my life is so much easier when I use this. What are some of those tools for you that you use
1: pretty frequently? Uh, I mean, top of the list is AbleSet. I I, I I don't think I could do a gig now without it. Not that I would not that I couldn't do it, but I wouldn't like to do it. Uh, mm. You know, I, I feel like it's such a big part of what I do now. And um, uh, uh, you yeah, know, actually, it was uh, I I kind of stumbled on it. By mistake as well. Well, not, not, not by mistake, but I, I came across Leo through a different device he made. Okay. Uh, I think he was doing a, like, an, like an LTC to MIDI. To, yeah. So L, an LTC to, to MTC converter. I found it on Reddit. I, I, it like, this is exactly what I needed because we do a lot of stuff with that on Sean on, on, uh, Mendes. So I needed NTC. And I found this thing on Reddit and I reached out to Leo and uh, I was like, "Oh, can you add this? Can you do this? Can oh, this 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 isn't working. Can you hmm. can you change this?" And through that is how I discovered AbleSet because you know a few months earlier he he posted that, so I kind of stumbled on it that way. And honestly, it's it's made my life so much easier and actually so much more fun. Um, I don't know if fun's the right word, but um, honestly, I get that. Though is, I mean, is, I, yeah. yeah, I get that. Yeah, and it, 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 as I say, it's uh, it's such a big part of my workflow now that I don't think I would enjoy doing a doing a gig without it. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've been I've been quite involved with Leo in uh, sort of beta testing his uh, lyrics feature, which I know you've recently talked about. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been I've been doing that with him for probably uh, maybe a year. I don't know, maybe wow. a year now. Um wow. Yeah, and it's been really fun to, like, be a part of that and to see all these new features he's bringing and, you know, just... As, it, as you say, it's like an ever-changing thing, an ever-evolving thing, which I really enjoy. Yeah. So, yeah, certainly AbleSet is top of that list. Um <clears throat> regards to anything else, um, gear-wise, that's a great question. Um, I don't know if there's any hardware that I was, like take with me to every gig Do you know what i mean like the, yeah it's uh it's, it's a strange
0: one um well let me, let me ask a question that maybe gets us into some of that so yeah you you get hired for sean mendez or m83 or any of these bands that you mentioned that you've worked with recently do do you come into a situation where there's already gear or do they say martin we want to do playback buy a rig and let's do it
1: uh it depends um okay Certainly, there's been there's been bands that I've come in and they've said, right, we haven't got a rig, we need everything. Mm. Yeah, and then you know, then in which case it's uh, okay. Well, what's your budget? You know, is it a is it an iConnectivity connectivity rig? Is it a uh, you know, is it a Maddie rig? Is it whatever You know, there's a whole there's a whole load of things there. You could a whole a whole broad spectrum of things you could you could spend money on there. But yeah, uh, but yeah, then there's other gigs that I've walked in and they've already got a rig and you've kind of you know, trying to adapt to that. So like when I started Shawn Mendes, essentially they didn't have a playback tech before, but, but they had a rig okay. and it was run by whoever was around at the time kind of thing. You know, sometimes the production manager would go in and he'd be doing it. Sometimes the MD would be involved. Sometimes the stage manager would be involved, you know, but they didn't have a dedicated guy. So I kind of came in in 2019 and I was that guy. But, you know, I kind of walked into a rig that was already built and essentially a session that was pretty much built, but for me, not quite how I'd have built it. Yeah. So like a lot of the first couple of weeks while I was there during during band rehearsals was me trying stuff out, you know. Mm. So we'd, you know, we'd do, a, we'd do a day of rehearsal and then I'd have all these ideas that I'd want to do or try and I'd, then I'd, at the end of the day, I'd spend a couple of hours or all night (laughs) trying out these ideas to then bring in the next day and be like, oh, should we try this? Should we try that? You know, and like that, I think is kind of where we've ended up now. I've got, I've got a really great, great relationship with Sean's MD, Zubin. And, um, we've kind of got this really nice back and forth now where I think he can kind of trust me to do what he needs to, what he needs doing. And I can bring these ideas in that I've got. Whether you know whether it be a a looping thing or a whatever you know whatever That's it cool. is I, I I can bring in these ideas sometimes it's a no, sometimes it's yeah let 's try it sometimes it doesn't work you know whatever, but you know it's this it's this really nice thing, so that kind of started with me going into this gig with with, with having a with having a rig already built which mm-hmm. i've kind of maneuvered my way into <laughs> as it were, and um you know it's kind of built up from there and Essentially, we're still running the same rig, but it's okay. just now expanded out massively. You know, it's, it's, it's a mental rig now. <laughs> uh, which, can you talk you know, us I... through
0: as much as you're allowed to or can? What what's the unique stuff in that rig that makes that like so mental and so cool?
1: Um, there's just a lot going on, honestly. So, okay. when I came into the gig, there was there was no MIDI whatsoever. Okay, it was you know there was there was playback. And the band were on stage and they did their thing. Um But throughout the year, you know, we started adding things in. Uh maybe the bass player needed some program changes. Mm. Uh maybe the drummer needed some program changes for his for his drum brain. Um you know, part of it was part, part of that rig as well is the keyboard rig, which is on main stage. Uh maybe they needed some like midi clock from, from, uh, from Ableton, all these things that just started, kind of started adding up throughout the year. And like, eventually it was just this rig that was like, uh, if you, if you move anything, it's going gonna, it's gonna to fall apart, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, so that's why, you know, 2020 was, it was kind of, kind of nice in a way, but not in a, not in many other ways, obviously. Yeah. Uh, where I had that time to like, sit down and think right what do i want to do for this next tour you know like i know i don't want to be using session view, so let's fix that fix that and then we had a whole other list of things we needed to achieve we are we, we going to have a b stage where hmm. the band would have a completely replicate uh setup so essentially two two stages running the same gear that I had to figure out, okay, is it all going to be on this one rig or is we going to need two rigs? Are we going to need this, that, you know? Hmm. Um, and then, I mean, specifically, I don't know if there's anything that crazy about it, but, you know, we have, we, I think the rig I built in 2022 last year, before we went out, it was a pretty mammoth thing. Like we, yeah. we, we 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 had the same, essentially the same sort of bare bones of the rig, which was which was a Maddy rig, so a ferrofish and a uh, direct out box. Um, you know that was the bare bones of it. But then adding all this MIDI into it as well. So uh, you know I put a uh, I put a Mio XM no no sorry XL in, the, in 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 the main rack, and then basically we had I think seven. Mio xms around oh, wow. different places like yeah and, and all on cat 5 or cat 6 um and yeah it was just like basically one Mio xm for everyone you know yeah, <laughs> it's been like a bit like a oprah scenario um and like it was really nice it was like a really nice build in the end but like i think to come i think to go back into it is going to be a bit of a a uh, thing to, to try and figure out my head around, but yeah. like, yeah, there's, there's just a lot going on. You know, we've got, um, obviously it's running Able set now, um, I myself don't actually run the tracks. I just kind of look after them. We've got a stage manager that, that essentially presses play and stop and he's like show caller. Okay. So he'll be in Sean's ear to tell him what's next and whatever. And he'll be the one pressing play. So, so he's got an iPad that's all you know. Again, he's got a, so yeah, iPad I connected to a Mio XM, which is connected to my Mio XL. Um, and then, <clears throat> so he's running the show, but I can see everything. You know, I've got I've got I've got Performance View up. I've got this. I've got the set list View up, and then I've got the, the tracks in front of me. Um, I've got the keyboard rig next to me as well. Hmm. Um, yeah, there's lots of MIDI going on. Lots of MIDI for guitar, guitar world. Like lots of pedal stuff. Like lots of uh, guitar pedals on MIDI that are getting changes or, you know, volume ramps or whatever. Um, yeah, it's just a lot. Uh, MTC going all sorts of places as well. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just, it's just a lot. And I think it's kind of hard to go into in detail without kind of seeing it at this point. But yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, well, a, I, it's a lot.
0: <laughs> I, I love uh, what you explained though at the core because every piece of gear you mentioned is accessible to anyone watching this. Or yeah. you know, let's think of it in components and as a modular rig, which I think is the right way to build anything, is we have you know, redundant playback system. Um, we then wanna start sending MIDI to different things and we go, Okay, we can maybe start by sending a five pin cable from our interface to the drummer or whatever and yep. then we start to go no let's actually create like a connected stage to where maybe you don't use it but we build this modular rig like i love that you said because to me this is the dream rig that every single position gets a Mio xm you know it's yep. like let's just let's give front of house one let's give monitors one <laughs> let's give stage manager let's give everybody and Um, And I'm also sad that there's a certain demographic that will not get the Oprah reference that you made. So uh, makes (laughs) makes me feel old that uh, some people will not understand that. But um, I love that just you kind of built this in a modular way. You started with what you had. You went, okay, let's let's tweak this. Let's get this to where it's customizable. And then let's build a, a connected stage where everyone we can send MIDI back and forth. And and what's great about that too is you don't have to do that. But now you have the flexibility if program changes come up if you know cc for volume comes up it's patched in and it's a real exactly. easy you know relatively speaking <laughs> fix to add in which i think is really really cool that's right um, yeah definitely uh it maybe not in that gate because it doesn't sound like you maybe have this or maybe you do but when you're typically doing playback what's what's the midi controller that you choose as a means to control and trigger tracks
1: um these days it's an ipad uh and it has been for for a long time. Like even before AbleSet, I was I was I was using like an, an iPad with TouchOSC, and I yeah. you know I'd set, I'd set up a a custom thing. <clears throat> um, actually, you know one thing I, that we that we did do on on Sean before before we had AbleSet running, um, it was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy as well. Um, I had a. An iPad with, with OSC running, and, and I had a page for every song, and on that, on, and on, on, on that page was intro, verse, mm. you know, chorus, yep. whatever. Essentially, like Ableset's doing for us now, right? But it was all done sort of, you know, uh, it was custom made as opposed to being available out of the box. Yeah, um, and that was interesting to keep on top of, <laughs> but it was, it was, it was a good way. Right into Ableset because I, yeah. I already had that mindset, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think iPad has been my, my main thing I've just been controlling with it for a long time. Uh, you know, previous to that, I maybe used, like, an Elyse Q25. Okay. You know, it's just a 25-note keyboard. You know, edit, anything you can send a MIDI control out of will, will do. Uh, yeah. And for me, an iPad just kind of does it. It kind of does everything. Yeah.
0: That, um, you saying that took me back to, I was actually updating, uh, so the one of the first like really cool things I ever did with Playback was exactly what you said with Touch OC, every single page was a different song. I had Ableton sending commands back to like pull up that page for that song when we selected it in Ableton, or I could select it on the iPad and jump there, like whatever way we went. Um, it was incredibly, incredibly cool, and I went to go update uh, for the new TouchOSC update. I was like updating my TouchOSC course, and I can't remember the timing exactly, but I, I believe AbleSet was out, and I maybe had just done the course or was about to. But I'm like literally going through the TouchOSC course, and I'm going, I don't think anyone needs to do this anymore. Like the, yeah. the amount of work it was taking for me to create a page per song and add the song sections, edit those if we changed a section you know, just the, the back and forth, like touch OC is still fantastic. It's still a, a great solution, but exactly what you said, I realized halfway through, I'm like, wait, able set does this. It's literally <laughs> yeah, controller exactly. MIDI control. And an iPad. So, <clears throat> um, uh, Leo, if you're listening, uh, we'll have to work out some sort of partnership sponsorship thing for this episode. <laughs> Cause, uh, we're, we're definitely pushing able set on this one. So, um, Martin, just a couple of things I want to like wrap up with here. Um, one, I want to jump all the way back to the beginning and kind of tie this into a couple of different things we've talked about. Um, what's one tip you have for people that are, are completely brand new. They want to get into this and maybe they have that feeling you had before you, you got hired to play keys for that band that you mentioned in the beginning. Um, they, they feel insecure, unsure if they can do this. What's one tip you have for them to say, like, here's a step to take in the right direction. Or here's something that's going to help as like a little confidence boost to know, hey, you can do this. It's
1: going to work out. I think the best thing I can suggest is uh, don't be scared to reach out to people. And Mm. like, as I said earlier, for me, my career has been determined by the people that I've met Mm. and, you know, the people I've stayed in touch with and the people I've reached out to, whether it be fruitful or not, you know uh, you know, kind of making those connections. And really, honestly, that's, that's the biggest thing for me is making those connections over the years. And, you know, as someone that I was, I was never the, the confident kid. you know, I Mm. was, so, you know, it took me a lot to, to really get into that mode. Um, and honestly, I think it's the best thing you can do is just really just go out there and be yourself, introduce yourself to people, make connections and like something will come, you know, yeah. That's really whether good. it be, whether it be, you know, <clears throat> uh, a gig here or there, or even just a conversation starter, you know, hmm. Oh, what gear are you using? You know, whatever, like it, it, it can, it can all lead to places that you wouldn't have been if you didn't make that connection. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's probably the best advice I can give, and you know, so much of what I have done and what I will do uh, has come from just being fairly like sort of out there and like hi, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> like uh, hi, hi, please talk to me, and um, and you know, obviously that that gets easier the more you do it. But as I say, I was I was never a confident kid. I was. You know, I I had a really bad stutter when I was a kid, so I was I was I did not want to talk to anyone. Hmm. Uh, obviously, social media has, has helped that because uh, <laughs> I don't have to talk to anyone. But um, you know, it was it was a, it was a lot to to, to overcome. Um, you know that that really like being quite reserved and having to now be quite like you know straightforward and like having to be. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh very up yeah, front with people. Yeah, direct. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so what I will say is that if you are like that, like I was, you know, just try your best to like get out of that and just put yourself out there because yeah. nothing bad will come of it. It, it. it 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 can only be good things that will come of it. And uh as I say, it it, it may not be a gig that comes of it, it may not be a page day, it may not be whatever, but something will come, whether it be a conversation, whether it be a hookup, whether it be anything, but yeah. it will all, you know, accumulate to something that will lead somewhere eventually.
0: That's really good. Well, and as you're talking about all this, Martin, I'm just thinking, though you are practicing what you're preaching, you perfectly model what you just said, because when I think of our very first interaction, it was not Hey will uh, if you ever want to have me on your podcast I'd love to be a guest and I'm like who is this guy it was <laughs> hey will thanks for what you're doing I, I'm out there doing this it's great to have content it was very just like two humans talking to each other you know and yeah, yeah um, sure. when social media is at its best that's what it <clears throat> is it's like yeah you know multiple humans just getting to know each other and talking to each other um, and so you know I again I, I love I want this to be a platform for Uh, people like you to, to share your story for people to get to know what you're up to and what you're doing. And, um, so again, thanks, sir. Thanks so much for being here, Martin. Thanks for taking time. Um, but I always want to wrap up. How can people find more about what you're up to follow along with what you're doing? Maybe any tours you're up to, or maybe even reach out and say, Hey, I need some of that collaboration you talked about to like help (laughs) take my show to the next level.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Instagram is probably the best place to find me these days. Uh, which is Martin L. Roberts, um, yeah, just kind of reach out anytime anywhere uh, i 'm more than happy always to talk to people, and you know if, if you 're if you're new if you 're whatever you know reach out if you, if, you, if you need a hand, if you need advice whatever i 'm more than happy and as I say one of the one of the things I was sort of reaching out to you about is you know trying to bring new new talent into this industry because. Hmm we're really lacking new talent here. Uh, But also we're lacking old talent,
0: Hmm. not
1: old in the age sense, but like, you know, 2020, 2021 really hit this industry hard. So a lot of the people we did have 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 moved on. They're not touring anymore. Hmm. So we're really, you know, we're kind of limited with the people we have now and the people that are still here are great. But, you know, I think there's, there's a really big space for, new talent, new, fresh and hungry talent to come in and occupy that space. Because that's what we need. We need, we need these people that are hungry for it and willing to put the work in and like willing to reach out to people and whatever, and make those connections. And I'm all about that. So if you're new, if you're hungry to do something, get in touch and I will happily either guide you the right place or answer your questions or whatever, I'm here. That's great.
0: Well, you guys heard it from Martin. Now's the time. If you're interested in this whatsoever, if you're a producer want to consider moving to the the stage life, uh, now's the time. Just take the first step, and uh, maybe we'll see you on the road. So thanks again, Martin. Thanks, man. All right. Cheers. Yes. Gosh, I love that conversation with Martin so much. I, I could have kept talking for about another hour, but there's so many great, incredible things he shared in that conversation. So much about mindset, about his particular mindset, trying to stay ahead of the curve, to constantly challenge himself, to constantly be wondering, is there a better way to do it that I hope you can take and apply to your particular setup and scenario. Now, if you're brand new to this idea of, of being a playback tech, of using tracks on stage, if you want to follow in Martin's path, uh, then the best thing you can do is head to from studio to stage.com slash subscribe uh, and you can become a from studio to stage student. While you're there, you'll get access to all of my courses, the community, my products and templates that I create. Uh, and I'm going to help you along the path and the journey of becoming a playback tech or using Able to Live live on stage with your band. So make sure you head there to check that out. And if you're not ready for that, you just want to kind of try things out, see how all this works, then make sure you subscribe on YouTube, enable the bell icon so you see exactly when we post brand new episodes of the podcast. And again, make sure to also click the link in the show notes to head over to Martin's profile on Instagram. Uh, Shoot him a message. Just say, man, thanks for that. Let him know what you enjoyed from today's conversation. Martin, again, thanks for your time. Thanks for your time, everyone that's watching and listening to this. And hope to see you on the next episode of Behind the Spacebar. Take care, everybody. Bye.